Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McLean. What's up, Cougar Nation? Lauren McLean here with Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what's coming up on the show today. It's the last visit to the kennel for the men's basketball team as fellow members of the WCC. Former Gonzaga hoopster and current TV color analyst Dan Dickow joins us to chat about the importance of this matchup and if he wants to see the two schools play again in the future. Plus, senior forward Gideon George talks with us about the final stretch in a Cougar uniform, his foundation, and getting married in the middle of the basketball season. But first, is the basketball team peaking at just the right time? Cleon, I feel like between BYU men's hoops and all the crazy NBA trades, the Super Bowl has kind of been an afterthought. What? Yeah, I know. It's It's crazy. Who do you think is going to win on Sunday? Or who do you want to win, I should oh, say? Oh, wow. Who do I think is going to win and who do I want to win? I, I really don't care who wins this game. I, I just don't. I <laughs> I mean, I hope it's a good game. That's what yeah. I like. I, I like Andy Reid, so I wouldn't mind if he won another Super Bowl. The teams I wanted to win the Super Bowl, so Buffalo, they've lost four Super Bowls. Cincinnati's lost three Super Bowls. Minnesota's lost four Super Bowls. And I'll throw the Chargers in there. Uh, just because I'm a Southern California type of guy. you got a lot of teams, Cleon. I, wow. I, th- those are the four teams I thought I wouldn't mind seeing win the Super Bowl. Well, they were all eliminated. The teams I didn't want to win the Super Bowl, so San Francisco, Dallas, and to a lesser extent, Tampa Bay, just because I don't know what I have against Tom Brady, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, they were all eliminated, so I was happy. And so I'm like left in the middle here, and it's just like, well, I hope it's a good game. I don't want it to be a blowout. I hope no bi- there there are no big injuries to star players. I I just kind of hope it's a good game. Uh, by the way, my favorite Super Bowl of all time, I know you didn't ask this, favorite Super Bowl of all time, 2000, St. Louis Rams beat the Tennessee Titans 23-16. Yes, I'm a Rams fan. Whether they're in L.A. or St. Louis, I like them. Uh, it was not a perfect game, but there were lots of drama and big plays. My least favorite, just any Super Bowl that's a blowout or yeah. it's just ugly. And I'll give you one. New England Patriots 13, L.A. Rams 3, 2019. That was one of the worst Super Bowls to watch. Not only was my team in it, and it was horrible to watch, but it was just a bad game, too. So, yeah. And yeah, you don't I, like Tom Brady. Uh, you don't like Tom well, Brady. It's easy to hate the GOAT, Well, I just, it's, it's, I, I, I like spreading the love around. I like it when lots of different teams win. Who, who do you think is going to win? I uh, Listen, the Philadelphia Eagles look really, really good. If I'm yeah. being honest, I think the Eagles will win. I, I like the Kansas City Chiefs. I love I, I really like Patrick Mahomes, despite what a lot of people say about him. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a really fun quarterback to watch. And I think he does fun, fun little tricky things like the Chiefs do. I think that's why they're a really fun team. They have a really fun offense to watch, and that's because of Andy Reid, who is a national treasure, by the way. So I'm going to be rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. Sorry, Chad Lewis and Reno Mahe. But uh, <laughs> former Philadelphia Eagles. All right, let's let's uh, let's dive into hoops. Coming into this week, BYU has lost nine games by a single digit, three games lost by one point, including against the two best teams in the league, St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Their average point margin in losses is 4.6. Cleon, that's kind of crazy to think about. So although it seems like BYU has had an extremely up-and-down year, they've hung with almost every team they've played. Cleon, do you think BYU is peaking at just the right time? Right I feel, now, I feel like when we talk about basketball, I feel like I'm the I'll call it Doug Downer instead of Debbie Downer. <laughs> I just don't know. I I want to say yes that they are peaking. It was so encouraging to see them win their last two games. For the most part, their defense has been good, but it's 
you know, except those two losses to Santa Clara and San Francisco, you know, they yeah. keep sticking with me. Walk. That's what, I, I keep hoping. I, I, I think the defense is there. I, I don't think there's anything to complain about because their defense for the whole in West Coast Conference play really has been stellar outside of those two games. Um, they're turning turnovers into points. But what, 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 what's going to happen, Lauren, when things start to bog down with this offense? You know, are, are they going to have enough offense? Mm-hmm. Uh, can they make their free throws late in close games? You know, their team percentage is pretty good this year. It's, it's right around 70%. But they have missed key free throws in close games. Gonzaga, Jackson Robinson missed a key free throw late in the game. St. Mary's, Dallin Hall missed a key free throw late in that game. And that's who you have to measure yourself against. You have to make free throws against good teams and in close games so that you can win those close games. And that leads me to, can you win a close game? Yeah. Um, in conference play, BYU has not won a game that's been in single digits. You just mentioned that. Um, that means they're competitive in those games, but they aren't winning those games. Yeah. They've also had problems with ball control in some of these games. I know they've improved on their turnovers, but some of them, they've had key turnovers in key situations. So... You know, if they can refrain from turning the ball over, then maybe some of those losses turn into wins, and maybe we'll see that the last you know few games of the season. I would also like to see them beat some upper tier teams. Um, they beat Loyola, which is good, uh, which is a team that they're they're kind of fighting with in the standings right now. Now they need to show me something against Gonzaga, Santa Clara, St. Mary's, and San Francisco, and they lost to every one of those teams. And those are the last four games of the season. Okay, but that's why I really like those games against Pacific and LMU because you mentioned they struggle. When the game is close, you know, when the game is on the line, they struggle with free throws, they struggle taking care of the ball. They didn't let LMU or Pacific get close enough to do that. And that that they and they're really good teams. Pacific, as Mark Pope said, was one of the is one of the hottest teams in the WCC right now. They're doing very, very well. And BYU beat them handily and looked really good doing it. They had twelve steals, just nine turnovers, and they did that two games in a row. So I think if BYU can be consistent with what they're doing right now, currently, towards the end of the season, I, man, I think they look really good. Like I said, seven and nine turnovers last week, despite struggling big time with taking care of the ball. I, If they figure out how to take care of the ball, I think the sky's the limit. Their defense has been outstanding. Uh, Foose is short, but insanely strong in a force underneath. I love watching him play. It's really crazy because you look at him out there and you see some of the guys that he's playing against and you're like, oh, you're, you, they got you by like three or four inches. And then he out-rebounds all of them. And he's just, he's just a force underneath. And he's very consistent for the team. The bench production is the best in the conference. Uh, it helps having Jackson Robinson and Rudy Williams come off the bench, who are both previously starters. In a nutshell, I think if they can keep this pace up for the rest of the season and through the conference tournament in Vegas, I think the Cougs are going dancing, Cleon. I truly do. Unfortunately, wow. if they slip up, if they slip up even just a little bit, they're NIT bound, which isn't the end of the world. That's a great place to go to. But I really want to see this team go a round or two in the tournament to gain some confidence heading into the Big 12. I know it's a, I know it's a long shot. <laughs> but I think if they keep playing how they're playing right now, no, you know, not we're not looking at those games before the last few games. If they keep playing how they're playing right now, taking care of the ball, having stellar defense, I kind of feel like they've figured something out. They've kind of figured out their strength of their team and how they can gel it together in, in, a, in great lineups. Man, I, I want to see it. I want to see a great run in the WCC tournament. The Cougs take on the Bulldogs in the first of their last four games of the regular season. Former Zags guard and professional hoopster turned TV analyst Dan Dickow joins us to chat about Gonzaga's season and his ideal future for the BYU-Gonzaga rivalry. Let's talk about Gonzaga a little bit. Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's this past weekend, 78-70. to 70. 
They're now two games behind the Gales. Is this the year, Dan, that the Zags don't win a WCC regular season title since they've won 21 of the past 22? What do you think? Well, they're definitely uh, kind of put in a corner uh, without a doubt. Uh, but I, I think, you know, a couple things have, have happened quietly that people don't really realize. St. Mary's has continued to become one of the better programs on the West Coast. And so um, I'm not surprised at all at how good St. Mary's is this year. You know, the fact is they with that win against Gonzaga over the weekend, they're, you know, they're in the driver's seat. Um, they've got a two game lead. Uh, Gonzaga didn't protect home court against a, a really good Loyola Marymount team. And so it's put them in the position that they're at. So, you know, Gonzaga, you know, having been the dominant program, um, they, they, they get everybody's best shot. Uh, St. Mary's, um, is in the, in the position where it looks looking like they're going to win the league, but crazier things have happened. All Gonzaga needs is one team to beat, St. Mary's, and then it'll set up uh, a potentially set up a, a terrific game to end the regular season in, in Spokane, February 25th. But that all that what that won't matter if Gonzaga doesn't upend their end of the bargain, uphold their end of the bargain, and make sure they take care of business as well. But you know, there, there's a lot of basketball still to be played. Uh, St. Mary's uh, has a difficult schedule the rest of the way. Gonzaga obviously hosts BYU this weekend. They still have to go to LMU. So there's lots of basketball to be played, but I think, still think there's a chance that Gonzaga extends that streak. What's been the difference this year, Dan, with this club that you're watching right now and maybe some of Mark Few's other teams just in the past few seasons or just even some of his better teams that he's coached? Well, offensively, they're they're extremely gifted. Again, three of the last five years, they've led the, the nation in offensive efficiency. Um, you know, they're top. 10 again i believe right now as we speak um maybe even top five i haven't looked at the numbers in a couple days uh but on the defensive end of the floor they were really special uh a couple of those years um especially the, the years they made it to the final four um as well as last year they had rim protectors in those years um they don't have the rim protection like a, a chet holmgren like a zach collins or you know a, a paint protector like shemek karnowski Drew Timmy, um, you know, as much as people kind of talk about defensively, he's lacking. He he has improved in that area, but he's not a a shot blocker per se like those other guys that I've mentioned. And it doesn't just fall on his shoulders. You know, there's lots of of reasons why. Um, you know, Gonzaga's numbers on the defensive end haven't been as good as as years past. There have been talks about Gonzaga joining another conference, kind of like BYU's doing, whether it's the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Has this season being up in the air dampened that enthusiasm at all, or is the excitement for it still high? No, I, you know, I think that uh, the other conference chatter it goes with the territory in college yeah. sports right now. Football drives uh, everything because of TV ratings and TV money, and then you know, because Gonzaga doesn't have a football team, um, but they've got an incredible basketball team, they're going to be lumped into possibilities and they're going to have opportunities that maybe some other schools wouldn't have. Uh, you know, and I think Gonzaga has to talk to all those other conferences. They talked to the Mountain West a few years back. Um, I'm sure, you know, it, it's well documented. They're talking to uh, and being talked about with the Big 12 as well as being talked about with the Pac-12. 
you know, and they just have to do their due diligence as does each conference, um, you know, to make the, the decisions that are best for them, you know, but at the end of the day, um, I like the WCC for the league and, and a big part of that is the tradition. A big part of that is uh, the schools have a similar mindset of being private um, universities that, that value faith. So what, what's your gut feeling? Will they move on? Won't they move on? And if they do, what do you think would be a good landing spot for them, either the, the Pac-12 or the Big 12? You know, my gut is that they stay in the WCC until there is an even bigger alignment down the road, which I feel is going to happen. I, I've, I've said this for years. I think the best um, thing that could happen or, or help college basketball for a school like Gonzaga or other schools that are tremendous at basketball, um, but maybe not um, the same kind of level for football is expand the Big East almost make it a Western conference and an Eastern conference of the big East, or maybe even go three divisions um, mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe you have an Eastern, a Midwest and a West coast. Your Midwest could be your Marquettes, your St. Louis, uh, those type of schools on the West coast. You, you could, you could keep, you could go Gonzaga and then you could keep some of the teams in the WCC, like a San Francisco, who's got tradition in a, in a, in a major media market. You could get LMU with the same thing. Uh, with a major media market of LA, you could add a Seattle U. You could go Denver for another big market. You could go Grand Canyon University, um, you know, f- for for the Phoenix market. I think there's something is going to happen um, in in a few years that nobody really knows, and I think it's going to have to be creative. Um, but I think it's going to be something pretty good and pretty unique. Hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting thought. We'll see what happens. Coach Mark Few has been a huge reason for Gonzaga's dominance, and you transferred to Gonzaga right as Mark became the head coach in 1999. What was it like playing for him? You know, he he uh, is a is a very demanding coach. That um, if you earn his trust uh, as a player, um, you get a lot of freedom to be able to to go out there and and, and play free and play with with joy and and. and the biggest thing he wants to see is you compete. Um, and he's had lots of different styles of players over the years. Some point guards have been scorers like myself. Others have been set up guys. He's had post players that are, are multifaceted. Um, but the end of the day, the thing that comes down to him that he matters is, um, are you doing what is putting your team in a best position to win? Um, and, you know, coach few, uh, believed in me and he had confidence in me and he, in the skill set that I brought, uh, he felt that those were putting our team in the best position to win. So I enjoyed playing for him. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have made it, uh, to the next level in my career w- without him believing in me and, and, and have allowing me to kind of play with a lot of freedom. Uh, I think he's a future hall of fame coach and, and it's, and it's fun to see just where he's taken this program. Are you surprised he's stayed with the program this long and not taken a job somewhere else? Not at all. Um, you know, Coach Few values um, his family. He values being able to get away from it um, so he can recharge his batteries and be at his best for, for Gonzaga's program. Um, and he can do that here in Spokane. Um, you know, he loves to get outdoors and fish and, you know, he's got that right here. And the other thing is he wants a chance to win a national title. They've knocked on the doorstep twice. 
Um, you know, and many of the jobs that in the past he has been rumored to have interviewed for or schools want his uh, want to, to be able to interview him there. He's on their short list. He would have had to start over from scratch at literally all of those places where it would have taken a while just to get that program to the level that Gonzaga currently was. And so, you know, he, he's always kind of been of the mindset of why not do it here at Gonzaga? And he showed that the, by making it the title game twice, it's possible at Gonzaga. I mean, you, a lot of people talk about how good the big, tw- uh, excuse me, the big 10 is, and it is a good conference, but that conference hasn't won a national title in over 20 years. Um, and so, uh, you you, you got to be able to kind of sift through a lot of that outside noise and figure out, um, you know, what's important to you. And he's found out what is important to him and, and where he can win and maybe achieve some of his goals personally as a coach, but program wise. And, and that's definitely at Gonzaga. Mm, there's something so admirable about that to me. BYU is coming to play in the kennel one more time before they leave to the big 12 LMU recently beat the Zags at home. But that ended a 75-game winning streak. That's just an incredible feat. Dan, what makes the kennel such an exciting place to play in? Uh, I mean, it goes back to the old um, kennel, um, the Martin Center. Um, and it was the students section being right on top of you. Um, it's It's kind of been one of those things that they did a tremendous job when they built the new arena is getting the student section as close to the court as possible and, and making it a, a ruckus environment. Um, you know, they did a great job of, of building it at a capacity where it's always a tough ticket. I mean, uh, if, if people can get into see a Gonzaga game, you know, they know they're in for something special because not everybody who wanted to go to the game that night was able to get to the game. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you can say what you want about other programs and the size of their building. I know you guys at BYU have one of the biggest in the country and most nights you guys do a really good job of packing that place, especially when Gonzaga is there, especially when St. Mary's is there. Um, but you know, Spokane's a different market. Gonzaga is a smaller school than say a BYU. Um, so I think they, what they did is they found a, a really nice size, um, capacity to build the arena to so that they could always make it a tough ticket. We're here with former Zag and professional hoopster and current TV color analyst, Dan Dickow. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time with us and uh, good luck to the Zags this weekend. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, should be a fun game uh, in Spokane against BYU and best of luck to, to the Cougars the rest of the way and uh, best of luck when they move to the Big 12 next year. That should be a fun challenge for, for your program. Coming up next, we talk to senior Gideon George on what it was like getting married right in the middle of the basketball season. And oh yeah, there's still some important basketball games to be played. This is Cougar Tailgate. The BYU men's basketball team only has two seniors on its squad, one being starting forward from Nigeria, Gideon George. Gideon has his hands full working with his organization, which gives back to his home country. He's recently married. He's going to school. And, oh, yeah, he's trying to win basketball as WC play starts to wind down. Gideon joins us now. Thanks so much for coming on, Gideon. I appreciate you guys. 
So first of all, you recently got married. We were just talking about that. Congratulations. Where did you meet your wife, Jess? <laughs> uh, here, here's the funny story about how I met Jess. So I have DM Jess on Instagram, right? So yeah. she didn't reply to my DMs on Instagram. So it took her a year to reply to my DM on Instagram. So she came to like, <laughs> is it 2021 season? She came to like the BYU Midnight Madness. So I was giving like um, my speech about my foundation for like fans to donate shoes uh, for a good cause. Then she, she was there. Then she was like, yeah, he's really cute. I should DM him back, and she did. <laughs> then I didn't know it was like a year later she DM'd me, but I just kept that conversation going on. So that's how we met. We started hanging out with friends, and we started going on dates. Then it all led up to now we're married. So I guess it all worked out for good. Why did you decide to get married married in the middle of the basketball season? You got married between the Lindenwood and Weber State games. The Lindenwood game, I think if I'm right, was on a Thursday. The Weber State game was on a Saturday. You guys got married on a Friday. That seems like you're cutting it close. Why did you decide to get married in the middle of the basketball season and in between games? I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> it's so crazy. We're just like, we're just... Uh, hanging out together then we're like yeah we should get married you know <laughs> so it's like i think we decided on a monday and we got married on a thursday on a wednesday sorry so oh, and goodness. bobby great bobby he oh. officiated the wedding and on uh, our friends and some of our family members did there yeah, so that was awesome Oh my gosh, I love it. I love the spontaneity of it all. So I'm so curious what Coach Pope and your other coaches said when you came to them and said, by the way, I'm going to get married in between these two games. What did your What did your coaches have to say about that? They were happy for me, though, and I wish Coach Pope would have given me an off day, but they always in the off day for me, though. I got to just get back to work. So maybe after the season, we're going to our honeymoon somewhere and just go enjoy ourselves, you know? So they were, like, pretty happy for me and excited for me. And you two got married on a, on a basketball court? Wh whose idea was that? And did you get some practice in afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, we were very lucky to like know Trevor Hampson. So we reach out to Trevor and say if we can use like his basketball court and get married. He's like, Yeah, like we should totally do it. And he was I think he was out of town and he let us <laughs> so he was so great gracious to us and he let us use his basketball court at his house and for free and we didn't have to pay nothing. So so mm -hmm. I'm really grateful to have known Travis and for him to help us. Travis is a great guy. Well, that's so exciting for you and your wife. Congratulations again. You guys are starting your own family, but you're also involved in a lot of cool things back home with your family in Nigeria. What made you want to start the George Helping Hands Foundation? Um, you know, growing up in Nigeria, like I'm a beneficiary to like from time out of Africa, like getting shoe growing up in Nigeria from time out, like you're seeing the impact he had on kids back home, just changing lives. And, and also seeing like 
God has blessed me and my brother to be fortunate to come to America to further our education and play basketball. And God has put in us in this position. So we're trying to like help people back home in Nigeria. So that's how me and my brother started the George Hobbinance Foundation. You've collected and gifted thousands of shoes to kids back in your hometown. You talked about how you hope this helps them out. How, how do you think that will help them out in their future? Uh, you know, just giving them like meaning to play basketball and just taking a lot of stress from their parents. You know, it's really hard for the parents to like buy shoes for kids. So I'll give this example so many times. Like maybe some parents, they earn the salary that they earn is like one pair of shoes. And for them to use that money to buy shoes, they can use that money to do other things at home, pay the children's school fees and uh, buy clothes, buy food for the kids. So I'm trying to like feel, feel in the aspect for those parents that cannot provide basketball shoes for the kids. So I'm trying to take that weight off their shoulders and just filling that gap for them. So I'm just trying to like just impart my generation. Man, Gideon, it's just so incredible what you're doing. I love it so much. And you received even more donations this year than you did last year. What has it been like to see the growth of your hard work and effort? Um, first and foremost, I'm I'm grateful for Cougars Nation though, for like showing up and like all the love and the support that I've gotten all the ZL, BYU, I wouldn't take that for granted. I just want to say I'm grateful for everyone that contributed to this and, like, buying into, like, what I'm trying to do and, like, help change people's lives. So I'm grateful for that. Do you feel like this foundation has helped you stay connected with your home, even though you're living clear on the other side of the world here in Provo, Utah? Yes, it has. Like, just seeing the pictures from like the kids and like just seeing the smiles on their faces, it reminds me of myself back home in Nigeria getting like new pairs of shoes and like I've, I know the joy on their faces if I say it. So I think that helped me stay connected to them. So you're not only helping your the people and the kids in Nigeria with shoes, but you've also started a business to help taxi drivers in Nigeria as well. Is that right? Yes, yes, that's right. So, okay, what, what inspired um, you to do that? Yeah, tell me a little about that. Yeah, so the model of the business is to help the taxis drivers. It's like rent to own when they rent it. So I'm giving it out, they're renting it, and they'll pay all the money back so they can own it and, like, start their own life and, like, so they can give someone else to, like, drive for them. So I'm just trying to pro mm. uh, provide an opportunity for them to feed their family too, because it's like really hard, you know, out there in Nigeria. Hmm. So awesome. And you and your father have been working together long distance with these projects. What's it been like to work with your dad to help those from your hometown? Oh, my, my dad is awesome. Like, so I, I trust my dad so much because, um, my dad ain't doing nothing right now. It's like I'm providing like a job opportunity for my dad too. So he's the one that is taking care of. He's the one that is taking care of the business, and he's like in charge of everything in Nigeria, the maintenance and making sure like nothing happened to the uh, KKs. And so he's he's like delivering. He's doing a really awesome job 
so I'm proud of my dad. I don't know if I should say that, but I'm proud of my dad. <laughs> well, you should be pr- <laughs> you should be proud of your dad. That's really cool that you two are doing this. That's awesome. I I hope that I can have a a similar relationship with my son, and hopefully my dad will, or my son will say, "Yeah, I'm proud of my dad too." Sometimes I wonder about that. But anyway, Gideon, uh, <laughs> amazingly enough, you you still have a basketball season to play. Uh, you've still got some games left. Uh, how are you balancing everything with both opportunities? The shoes. The taxis, you're playing basketball, you're going to school. I'm just worn out even talking about it right now. <laughs> it's, um, it's really stressful, you know, but um, I'm just so grateful for God putting me in this position, you know. And it's not about my power, not about my mind. I think God has been faithful and I've drawn my strength from like the Lord and he's been helping me so much. So I put all, all my worries, all my body upon him. And I think he's the one that is carrying me. So he's not about my power. Mm, that's beautiful. And after last season, Gideon, you entered the transfer portal and you wanted to explore some options. You were thinking about going to the NBA draft, but you decided to come back for your senior season. How would you describe how the senior season has gone for you so far? Um, it's, it's awesome. I know, like, we had, like, rough couple of games, but I'm enjoying it, you know, like, uh, the discussion I had with Coach Pope during the summer, and everything has been playing out, and I'm just trying to take it a day at a time and enjoying this moment, and I know I ain't going to play college ball anymore, so this is my last year, so I'm just trying to suck everything in and enjoy it as much as I can. Getting... What do you want to see happen going into the kennel when you play Gonzaga for the very last time as a West Coast Conference member, at least in the regular season? You know, like going over there is going to be a fun environment to play in. And, um, you know, and um, we're just going to keen towards the coaches be preaching all season long, you know like protecting the ball and like rebounding and guard your yard. And I think if we do that, we'll stand a high chance of like coming out great after the end of the game. All right, we're with senior forward Gideon George from the men's basketball team. Gideon, you're doing incredible things. We're so inspired by you. Congratulations on the basketball season and your wedding and go out and beat the Zags for us, all right? Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me here. Appreciate you guys. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Dan Dickow and Gideon George for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.